Welcome to Zurb Soapbox. I am Brandon. I'll be your host uh, for the next you know, 20 to 30 minutes here uh, for the lovely Miss Jessica Hish. Let's give it up for Jessica right here. Yeah. Uh, Jessica is a designer, uh, an illustrator, a hand letterer, and a self-proclaimed, and the coiner of the word, I just found out, procrasto worker. Uh, so, uh, if anyone out there, as she stated, uh, is on like an editor on Wikipedia or happens to work for like Webster's Dictionary, make sure you submit that for next year's word and get it on there with uh, Jessica Hish as the, the, the founder of that word. Uh, so, let's go ahead and just uh, give it up for Jessica in one moment. Uh, I also asked her to look through the book of uh, Lunch Lines, uh, a silly riddles and lunchtime giggles, and she has chosen a joke that she's going to open up Soapbox for, for all of us. So let's give it up for Jessica Hish, everyone. Yeah. So it was really difficult to choose the best joke in this book because it is full of amazingly terrible dad jokes. Um, so I think I found one of the worst ones, uh, AKA best ones. All right. Why did the mermaid buy a computer? Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> So yep. she could check her C-mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, that one right. gives me like we, cramps in my stomach. It's so bad. I think we need, need more love for that joke. Let's yeah. give it up. All right, there yeah. we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, well, welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming out here to, to Zurb for Soapbox. And thanks, everyone out there, for coming to our, our lunchtime, you know, getting away from the office for a bit and eating some, uh, some lovely, delicious sandwiches <laughs> and sodas. Uh, so Jessica, you are a designer, illustrator, and hand letterer. Indeed. Yeah. And that is, uh, that is a lot of things that you do. Uh, you're also best known for a lot of people in the audience, maybe for some of your commercial work that they've seen, as well as some of your side project work. Um, one of the best known, that you, one of the things you're best known for is working uh, with Wes Anderson for Moonrise Kingdom, right? Indeed. Yeah. I did the title design for that the, film. The title design and everything. And if you guys haven't seen it, uh, one, absolutely good movie. Two amazing, uh, you know, great hand illustrations. Uh, can you maybe talk a little bit about that project with us? Just open up, uh, talk about maybe yeah. how you got that job. How, how was it working? Did you work directly with, with Wes or anything like that? Totally. Um, it was a really interesting uh, way to get a job for film because usually when you're working on film stuff or anything for TV, you're getting hired by these like agencies in LA that do that stuff all the time. And, you know, it's kind of like any client project where a client calls you and says, hey, we have next to no money. Will you work on this thing that should have a lot of money? And <laughs> the timeline is tomorrow. And so it was not like that at all, oh, which okay, was good. so all great. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually got contacted directly by Molly Cooper, who's a producer that works with Wes on a lot of his films. She uh, worked on Fantastic Mr. Fox and stuff like that. So her and Jeremy Dawson are the two producers of that film. And then they've worked on a bunch of the other films together. Um, and Jeremy's kind of more on the like art direction side, so Molly was like, I'm not an art director, but I'll communicate things to Wes. There was a but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but she was super sweet and wrote me like as if, as if it was like my next door neighbor asking me to like paint her garage or something. <laughs> and she was like, uh, hey Jess, so, you know, not sure like what you're doing right now, but we would love if you would do a couple tests for this new movie that Wes Anderson's putting out. Do you think that you can have some time for that? Yeah, and I was just like, drop the floor. I was like, what? You know, I'm like looking at, I'm like looking her up on the internet. I'm like, is this real? Is this my friend fucking with me? And, <laughs> and it did in indeed turn to be real. But what was um, interesting about the project, there were a bunch of things that were super fun and cool about it. So the tests, of course, were like, 
here's just a couple hundred dollars. Let's see if we can work together. So I did that, and like you know, she's communicating Wes's art direction to me, and you know, I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna get this. No, they're gonna use a typeface. They're just gonna use Futura again, whatever. <laughs> and <coughs> but we ended up on something, and Wes was like, yeah, I love it. Let's let's move forward. Can we hire you officially? So I ended up working. Um, like on all the upfront titles and then creating a typeface for the end credits. And at first it was like because they were in post-production and Wes was in Paris and um, they had, it was Molly communicating Wes, Wes's art direction to me, but once we really got into it, it was just me and Wes Anderson exchanging emails, like no big deal. And Sweat Wessy boy. <laughs> and I will tell you his like email address sounds like a fan's email address. Like if you read it, you're like, this isn't actually his email address. It's like some fan of him. What 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 is that? You guys can speculate. <laughs> you can speculate all you want about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like one of those like totally unofficial sounding emails or whatever. And um, he was as particular as you would think he would be. Um, I didn't actually think he would be as involved in the project as he was because there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's on. a lot of stuff yeah. going on with the film, and you know you always assume that like. Anybody that's like the, the puppeteer of a project has many smaller puppeteers managing, you know, the other things that they trust because that's like how companies generally work, you know. <laughs> it's not like Mark Zuckerberg has his finger in like literally everything going on at Facebook maybe, all the time. Maybe Zuckerberg does. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, it was super, it was interesting because I was getting really, really intense art direction from him like, I think the R should look more like this R, or like, what if the number four was this? You know, how many variations? <laughs> so many variations, been? it was crazy. And um, like, we—it was two or three days before the Apple trailer was launching, and I was in Australia <laughs> doing a like talk, kind of also on vacation. And I get an email from them at like five o'clock in the morning, um, being like, "Okay, well, we're almost ready. We need to ship this in an hour. Uh, Wes just wants you to redo like the 0149, lowercase r, lowercase f, uppercase f, and like, you know, here's some direction. And I was like, uh, you know, so <laughs> I was like, yes, I guess I am doing that, you know. And, and this is, this is, uh, is pre-baby, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is way pre-baby. Yeah. This is 2012. Like, now if it was with baby, I'd probably be like, oh, it's four in the morning? That's like, I'm kind of up then. No big deal. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, that would, I'd be like, uh, you know, with a baby right here. Um, but it was weird because, you know, whenever you work for cool clients and stuff like that, it's, it's always like the really uncool clients that you're like, make, like making it rain for. Um, and like the cool clients, you, you know, get paid respectably, but you're not like, holy shit, I'm going to pay my rent forever with this project. And um, with that project, I was paid totally well, but it wasn't so much that I felt like at any moment they couldn't just kill it and walk away. So even before the trailer was launching, I was like, Nope, not happening. This isn't real. This isn't a real project. Like I had been working on it for months, and I like just, really good impersonator. I just assumed that, like in the end, Wes might be like, "Nah, I'm not into it. Let's go. Let's use Futura again or something." Because it was the first time they had they had hired custom type. Yeah. You know, and like when they finally launched the trailer and it was like real and out in the world, I was like, "I can't believe I worked with Wes Anderson." <laughs> so wait, so as an illustrator, uh, like you know, like. Uh, 
as with a lot of people are probably designers, a lot of the time when we're pitching for work, we're pitching probably against other design agencies or firms or companies. Yeah. Most of the time, you're probably just pitching against a font. Like, well, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes it's that, but usually if I'm pitching against a font, it's because they tried to solve it with a font first, and then they're like, I'm sorry, we actually do need you. And so that happens quite a bit, where people try and do the cheapy route first, and then come and do the custom route second. And also, fonts aren't always the cheapy route. It kind of depends on like what kind of thing you're after, but um, if you try to license certain typefaces for things, because some foundries have like really strict EULAs about things, and they need you know, it's like a giant bulk license. Mm -hmm. It can be kind of cheaper to hire a letterer sometimes, which you wouldn't think. Yeah. Uh, it just like depends on your need. Have um, you ever been asked to like rip a font close <coughs> enough then? Or well, you know, <laughs> people usually will send me like, it needs to be somewhat close to this. And that happens all the time. But like, if you actually, I run workshops at my studio sometimes. I haven't done them in a while. What, where would we go to find information about those workshops? Oh, uh, well, titlecase.co wow, is neat. my That's good. Uh, <laughs> offices thing. But when, what the exercise that we do in a lot of our workshops is that we start with a typeface. And I show everybody the H and O from the typeface for like five seconds. And then I'm like, OK, now draw it. And the whole kind of premise is that even if everybody in the room is trying to rip off another typeface, the results are so wildly different as long as you're not literally tracing it. Because like type is all about these like little, little tiny minute. minute details. And it takes a while to actually like understand that. Even when I was already in the thick of doing lettering work, I went to a talk um, in New York by Christian Schwartz when they had released Neue House Grotesque. And which is like a redrawing of Helvetica based on the original drawing. So like the Helvetica that we all know and some love um, <laughs> is, you know, it's, it's a little far away from the original drawings um, just because of like it was digitized early and, you know, the, whoever was doing it was basing it on like another cut of the typeface or whatever. So this Neue House Grotesque was based on the original drawings. And he put up these two like lowercase a's next to each other and was like, how different are these? And I'm sitting in the crowd like, <laughs> I don't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. But then he, like, you know, they did the superimposing thing. And then yeah. you see the differences. And even then, I was like, OK, like, there's differences. But really, they feel very similar. And it wasn't until he set two paragraphs next to each other where I was like, holy shit, that's so different. <laughs> because Helvetica, like the normal digitization of Helvetica, has kind of, it just feels very, like, cold and geometric and then Neuhaus Grotesque has so much more warmth to it and it's all these like little teeny teeny details that they adjusted that all of a sudden it feels like a lot more human which is how mm -hmm. it should feel because it's based on the drawings not on like digital upon digital upon digital. So are you now, is that now the, <coughs> the side of the fence you're on? <laughs> yeah I mean I, I now I feel like my x-ray vision has just developed a lot over time and so now I'm like oh my god how different is this all the time about stuff and I have to with clients all the time um, go through and explain a lot of those little yeah. differences just because it's really difficult to see until someone points it out and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can't unsee it <laughs> so that's a big a, a thing that I love doing is I love doing logo revised projects because um, they're very like functional projects. All the changes that I'm making, I can like easily justify with like this is a functional reason of why we're doing this. But what I really love about it is like the first part of the process is basically I get paid to shit all over someone else's logo, <laughs> and, and so I do it like very respectfully. You know, like I don't recommend anybody ever just like 
going to a, a person whose logo they don't like and being like, let me tell you what's wrong with your logo. <laughs> because the chances that they or someone that they knew very well and love created that logo are very high. <laughs> so you should only shit on logos when people ask you to shit on them. Um, Has Jessica ever redesigned anyone in this room's logo? <coughs> no? All right, we're good then. But what's great is I get to just go through and like point out, okay, okay, well, this is cool, but what about this? This is cool, what about this? And like, you know, I just I'm working on one right now, and one of the th one of the things I suggested was like, I feel like the weight that this this logo is is really indecisive. It's like not bold, it's not light. It feels like a scaled up regular thing, and it's supposed to be like a masthead, yeah. like. And now, when, when they look at that, that they can't unsee it. So I like being able to give people the like can't unsee. You like you like ruining people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like when you're dating someone and someone tells you that one thing about them, and you're like, I can't unsee it now. Exactly, and you're yeah. like, man hands. That's yeah. exactly yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I have man hands. <laughs> That's probably for the better. Uh, so you've done you know besides just your Wes Anderson work, you've done a bunch of work for for commercial work for. Starbucks and other companies. Do you have like a favorite, uh, you know, pro a commercial project you've got to work on recently or in the past? Someone just had you come sign uh, the, the the books that you did. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, uh, I did some work for uh, the Barnes and Noble. That was Barnes a and Noble work. Back. Yeah. He, uh, in fact, it was actually great because he came up with the uh, the box set that it comes in. And I had never seen the box <laughs> set before <laughs> because like. Clients are usually not the best at sending samples. I have to like bug them, and then by the time I bug them, like the person I worked with is like no longer there or something, and they're like, "I think we have some around somewhere," and they're like taking their own samples off the shelf to like send them. And there aren't Barnes and Noble around to actually go see them at. One yeah. of them, actually, with Bar the Barnes and Noble project, they never sent me two of the covers that I did, so I ended up ordering them off Amazon, and I I had to pay like one of them was originally like fifteen dollars, and I had to pay like. $80 for it because <laughs> someone was like, it's the last one. I'm saving it. So like, I ended up buying like couldn't, $80. Couldn't you just buy book. two and then just sign one and sell it on eBay for $85? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you have your own little signing factory? <laughs> I don't uh, think I'm that rock star. Or, who you know, knows? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, that's, he, he's, he went like this when you were signing. He was like, oh, cha-ching. Yeah. That's why I put your name on it. No more eBay for you. My name is Person, <laughs> dear sir. Uh, great. So uh, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of like the procrasta working uh, uh -huh. that you do, and that seems like your true passion. Commercial work is, you know, awesome, and it gives you a chance to, to really flex your muscles. But but all the side projects that you do. Well, you know, they, they each uh, satisfy their own things. Like the reason why I love client work so much, I'm not one of those people that's like striving to get to a point in their life where they never do client work again because I love client work. And it's kind of like the reason why I ended up in design rather than being a fine artist is like I like having parameters and constraints, constraints and yeah. I like having an audience for stuff that I'm doing. Like I don't like making something for me and then hoping that it resonates with some people. Um, it's really like even when I work on my side projects, I don't get excited about something until I think about who would be excited about that project. Um, so I, I get a lot out of my client work in that way where I'm just like, oh, I love working with people and feeling like I'm not just like a solo person with blinders on. Um, and the side projects end up being a way for me to really exercise uh, things that I don't get to exercise with client work. So there's a lot of things that everybody's interested in. Obviously, we're not all like, even if you specialize in something, you're interested in other things most likely. Otherwise, you're probably like really hard to talk to. Um, <laughs> I only collect model trains. That's all yeah, I do. That's all I can talk about. That's it. You're I go to the model train ones? conventions. Yeah. Do you want to talk about something else? I can talk about model trains. You know um, how this relates to model trains. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
ha 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 trains. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I love to write. I I was really interested in learning how to do web development and things like that. But you know, we all have these things that we're interested in doing, but we don't want to like corrupt with money. Because um, the second that you get paid to do stuff, all of a sudden it becomes this thing you have to like, ugh, like drag yourself into the office to do. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel like sometimes it's more fun for me to like surprise people with like free projects rather than like doing stuff for cheaper or things like that. Even though I have this whole website about how you shouldn't work for free. Like for <laughs> me, it's like, like if I'm working for someone, I know they have no money and they're like paying out of pocket. I'd rather do something for free than have than get paid cheaply. Because like if I'm getting paid cheaply, I'm thinking like I'm not making enough money on this project. But if I do it for free, I'm like they're so happy that I did this for free. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so a lot of my side projects um, were very web focused because I was so interested in learning web development. And then I realized after I released like seven websites at once that websites must be maintained forever. <laughs> and and all of my sites got hacked in like the last three months, which was awesome. So and yeah, it, why would they hack your sites? I, I it's like I'm having to, I'm not like a conspiracy theory kind of person, but it was kind of hard to like not be because the week that I came back to work after maternity leave, every single site on my server was like phishing hacked it, like crazy. It, it was your baby. It, yeah, my yeah. baby. Your baby, did it, <laughs> your baby learned to hack the sites. <laughs> That's like horrible. There's some yeah. like some like uh you know weird like whatever right left side of parenting thing that's like, you shouldn't be back at work yet. Go home with your baby. <laughs> she was really yeah. bitter. Yeah, yeah totally. that's, that's horrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I ended up spending like my first two weeks at work like moving, like migrating 15 different websites to like different sub-servers or whatever on my server just so that all my shitty outdated WordPress stuff would not uh, cross-infect each other again. And uh, so then I was like, you know, I'm probably not going to do some web stuff for a while. <laughs> or like, if I do it, it's just going to be static HTML, like straight up old school. That's all you need. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. all I need. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you uh, you, you have your, you, the DropCap project is probably your, your most well-known. Yeah, right? and so, so that one, like, in, so that was one of the only, like, real, like, art projects that I've done yeah. as a side project. But it made sense at the time because I was quitting my day job where I was doing lettering all the time. And I, all of my freelance work that I was doing in the moment was like illustration work. And it was kind of difficult to convince like my illustration clients that I should do lettering for those projects because I didn't have like a giant portfolio of lettering. I had the work that I did with Louise Feely, um, which was a lot tighter than the work I was doing on my own. Yeah. Like, you know, the work that Good I do on my direction. own. It has like a looseness and like silliness and her style is not silly. It's like she's very like awesome, serious, like, you know, historical, tight, designer. Uh -huh. um, and so I wanted to be able to like show people that I was still interested in doing lettering, but that I can do it in my own way. And I couldn't figure out how to build up a portfolio of it quickly. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to like make a letter a day. And at least I'll be able to get my feet wet and make sure that these muscles don't atrophy and stuff like that. And it ended up being like the total career launcher for me when it came to lettering stuff. And, and even, even now still, I mean, you probably on a daily basis get emails from de <laughs> young designers like 50 times a day being like, I started this project where I'm doing it and everyone, everyone. Well, yeah, I mean, now like everybody has a daily, daily lettering <laughs> project. It's crazy. They're like, I'm working on this daily lettering project a lot. You can check it out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> But I'm doing made-up letters, yeah. uh, and, and I'm only using charcoal. Don't think that hasn't happened. I've, I've definitely had people contact me saying, like, I'm making up new alphabets. And I'm just like, that sounds complicated. But, <laughs> you, know. you just see. It'll be the national <laughs> alphabet pretty soon. Yeah, know? totally. <laughs>
So you so you balance your day pretty much between client work and and these kind of procrastinating working uh, projects, but also you balance your life between uh, I think San Francisco and Brooklyn, right? Well, I was okay. Not prior anymore. to well, I still am, but you know I haven't been able to travel very much. I, I my daughter's only five months old, so we're not in like the the world traveling stage of our lives yet. Um, <laughs> six months maybe. Yeah, six yeah, months maybe. Once, once like boob proximity is less of an issue, <laughs> then I can travel a little bit more. But right now we have like a ninety-mile like sort of rule, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 you're in that radius right now. Which yeah, is right now good. I'm in that yeah. radius, so it's all good. You know? I'm within sixty minutes away, you know. So I if have, any if any like boob emergencies come up, you I can have get, my machinery yeah. with me. You know? um, but yeah, I think so. this is the first time in so far that the word <laughs> boob has been said. Uh, yeah. That's shocking. I'm glad I was here for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I we moved to San Francisco from New York, and I was like not sold on San Francisco. We moved here. Russ basically dragged me across the country. And is this I'm, where he is from? Or? No, no. He got hired by Facebook um, straight out of grad school, and it just like became really clear that all of the job opportunities for him were out here because he got job offers from like Google and Facebook and a bunch of other a couple other smaller startups. Humble brag. <laughs> well, he was in, he was in the SBA IXD uh, program yeah. the, fir the first year, so you know like product design was new to us and like startups were new to us and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of still new to New York at that time. You know, like I feel like still like New York is really booming now with product stuff, but at the time it was still very like commercial, like, you know, commerce-focused business, yeah. and still kind of is. Like, yeah. most of the places there still are. Even, um, even most of those tech startups out there. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, and so, it like, all the things that he was interested in were out here. So it took a while for him to admit that we were definitely moving to San Francisco, and I had, like, a breakdown in front of a crepe shop where I was just like, <laughs> just tell me that we're moving. I need to know, you know. And then so we did, but I made him promise that if we hated it that we could move back at any time. So we just moved without moving any of our stuff with us and bought all new furniture out here. <laughs> you got two you got two apartments. So we have two apartments. Um, because I bought my place in New York uh, a while ago and wasn't going to give it up anytime soon and I yeah. knew I had to go back a lot for work anyway. So um, that's why I was able to be by coastal for so long. I had this like super cheap apartment in Bushwick because I moved out there before anybody thought it was a place that was safe to live. And uh, and still not, but that's fine. <laughs> it depends, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I was going back every eight weeks or so, and now I feel like we're probably going to end up going back like maybe two or three times a year. And I'm now into San Francisco and the Bay Area in general. So you can I've, stop I've hating just, her, guys. I have yeah. just, I've, uh, like, within the last couple of months, been like, all right, I think this is it. I think we're just going to stay here now. We have enough coffee shops. Yeah. There, there is a crepes, crepe place on every corner that it's I can break down. It's been of. four years, but I feel like I can finally admit <laughs> that I like it here, you know, quite a bit. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think the big thing with that, too, though, is, like, how, do you, how are you every day with the new baby? You know, do you go into the office every day still? Yeah. There, there's, like, a work-life balance that no one in this room has figured out. Uh, but it almost feels like there is. Uh, <laughs> but it almost feels like you've nailed it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I think yeah. what it is, too, is that since I've been running my own business for so many years, like, you sort of realize after you've been doing it for a few years that, like, you're not creating all the time. A lot of the things that you're doing are managing your own business. So, like, even a couple years ago, before we were planning to have a baby, I, I was like, okay, well, let's call a spade a spade. I work work for 20 hours a week. And the rest of it is email and phone calls and blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that's not actually billable, but that's part of running a business. Mm -hmm. So I was like working for 50 hours a week, 
but working like proper for 20 hours a week. Have you ever thought about paying someone to do that <laughs> at all? Or? Well, that's the thing is like I have a rep, so I delegate a lot of my contracts and invoicing and stuff to him. Um, I hired my mom a couple years ago to be my admin, so she does a lot of things. Now you're gonna me. tell her what to do. Yeah, exactly. She's <laughs> very savvy. She's a very savvy lady. Um, she worked at Bell Labs in the '70s, like total. Yeah, which I didn't know was like a I, huge I deal until <laughs> I started meeting like all the nerds from out here, and they're like, "Are you kidding? Idea Factory?" Or whatever. <laughs> I thought that was a Taco Bell. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, so, yeah, now that I'm back at work after maternity leave, the big thing is, like, now my days are truncated even more just now just because of, like, having to pump and drop babies off and things like that. So um, it's sort of figuring out how to max out my time as much as I can, but also realizing that, like, this stage in my life is really, really temporary. Like, while I'm, I can't get a shit ton done right now, it's going to end, you know, very kind of very soon, like in a few yeah. months. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, are easy after that. You're done. Well, I mean, at yeah. that point, I won't have to be like, you know, hooked up to like some crazy machine <laughs> while I answer email sideways, you know, like three times a day for a half hour at a time, you know, which is a major interruption. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for the procrastinating, working, I wouldn't say I have like a balance of that because really what ends up happening is I get real fired up about a project and it totally takes over my life for a couple of days. Yeah. So I'm not like a person that like works until two in the morning right now because that would basically be suicide when it comes to having an infant. Um, but if I get really psyched on a project, I will come home and have my laptop out the second that she goes to sleep and just like work, 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 work until I'm exhausted. And so procrastinating working, I have a balance of because I basically look at all my client stuff and my deadlines and I say, who can I upset the least by pushing this <laughs> a little bit forward so that I can really concentrate on this thing that I want to do? And you'll mail them a postcard with what you were working on later or send them a link or something. And also, <laughs> a thing that I realized, too, um, before the baby was, I, I, what I would do is I would work on my for fun projects during the, during the workday, and then I would work on my client projects at night because clients get upset when you don't send things to them. Therefore, you must stay up and finish it. <laughs> Whereas if I worked on my own for fun projects at night, I'd probably give up like a lot easier because it's really comfortable to sit on the sofa and watch bad television instead. Um, so I would do all the things that I like really wanted to get done but that didn't have a hard deadline during the day and then stuff that did have a hard deadline at night because I knew that like this is going to get done by midnight. This is going to get done by 2 a.m. I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and work on this from 5 to 8. Then I'm going to send it off or whatever. Because I'm really good under tight, uh, yeah. tight timelines. I'm just really bad at things with no timeline. <laughs> so I have to like put parameters on everything to make sure I get it done. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, and then on, on that like same kind of idea, is is there anything? I, while we were standing over there, just kind of chatting before the interview, you I think spouted off like <coughs> oh, like three possible next side projects you might be working on. <laughs> uh, just like just like just idea facts. Like on the on the drive down here, I was thinking of all these things, and I was like, <coughs> you need to drive in a car more uh, because it seemed brilliant. Is there anything that you're super excited about that you're working on upcoming, even client work or anything like that that people might want to hear about? Well, a couple of the client things I can't. I'm still in the can't say out loud uh, stage of stuff. Um, I'm what? What am I working on right now? <laughs> well, what I was uh, what I was talking about um, earlier was I. You know, you get all these ideas once you're a parent. Once you have anything in your life that you have to care about, that's not graphic design. You're like, oh, I want to like make things for that thing. And right now it's baby. Before it was cats. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, and so. 
the, for the lot, past lot couple of days. A lot smaller market for cats to buy things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I have all these friends. I'm at the stage of my life where, like, you know, you, I'm past the stage of my life where everybody's getting married, and now I'm in the stage of my life where everybody's having kids. And I see friends all the time asking the same questions. You know, like, what's the best thing? What's the best that? And, and you know, like, now it's like old hat for me because I've been, like, in the shit for so long. Literally. That, yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm always trying to figure out ways that I can, like, share knowledge about stuff. And I was like, I'm going to make a website called like Bare Minimum Baby. And it's going to be a great excuse for me to do all these illustrations and all these products. And I'm going to like, I started coding it and all this stuff. I have it like all semantically good. And then yesterday morning, I was like, you know, this should be a medium post. <laughs> and so I just like <laughs> wrote it all out. And so I'm trying to like, like, you know, I try to look at the projects that I want to do and figure out what it is I'm trying to get out of it. So like in that case, what I really wanted to get out of it was sharing knowledge and writing. And so, like, I didn't need it to be a hand-coded website. I didn't need it to have illustration in it. That would have been a bonus. So I'm trying to, like, look at all the side project ideas that I have and figure out how can I distill this into the thing that I'm actually trying to get out of it rather than, like, blow everything up into a full-scale project, which is, you know, what ended up, like, that's how I feel about doing all sorts of personal design, like when you're doing baby announcements, wedding invitations, all that kind of stuff, even though our wedding invitation, invitation was really crazy. It's really crazy because I like delegated a lot of the work to my like illustration friends that created work for us. Um, and so I'm constantly trying, like, you know, everyone's like, I bet your baby announcement's going to be like the best baby announcement ever. And I'm like, actually, no, because like <laughs> I have a lot of fun designing for other people. That's yeah. not just my baby. It does, I don't need this to be like the project of the year because I have other things I'm interested in, you know? And so if I was going to make a baby announcement, I'm like, what do I have to do with this? Announce that I have a baby. OK, cool, Facebook post. You know, like, <laughs> you know, Napkin so, sketch Napkin drawing. sketch, yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. All right, well, uh, I think we're, we're running a little <coughs> low on interview time, but I did want to give you a quick plug here. Oh, thank you. Uh, so if you guys haven't read it, uh, uh, In Progress, uh, really amazing uh, book that goes, I think you you break down your, your process for Pumple's how many projects, like 40 or something in this thing? Yeah, the main thing too is that the first third of it is basically like a textbook that is not annoying to read. Um, From I, the author herself. Yeah, <laughs> I like to say that it's a textbook you could read on the toilet. Aww, you know? that's, that's very classy, I like you know? it. Yeah, it's <laughs> Where you're like, you know, you want something in the bathroom that you're like, I could read that in a short period yeah. of time. That's good. You, you don't want to be like diving into Bringhurst on the toilet. You're like, I can't visualize this. This is impeding progress. No one touch this book. <laughs> don't touch the book, but that's fine. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to have time for questions, but I want to give it up for Jessica really quickly. Give it up for her, yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, we'll take, I think, a few questions while we, uh, while we have some time for that. So does anyone have questions for Jessica at all? Uh, they want uh, answered? Anything? We covered everything, guys? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, back here. Oh. <laughs> I need to have it in front of me. I can't just be like, I can't visualize it. <laughs> what I do? Oh, that's hard to say. Well, the bee is very much a blogger bee. So. Oh, yeah. It's probably from that era. Yeah. <laughs> that might be where I would start, just to like differentiate from the previous era. Ah, oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> Back here, yeah. And just for the post, I'm just going to repeat it. What, what, what percentage of time do you get stuck, you know, and what percentage of time are you producing, I guess? Well, one of the things that I realized for myself is like the times that I get stuck is when I don't have enough stuff on my plate because like 
I'm one of those people that could be like so engrossed in a book and like I read like a you know 500 page book in a few hours but then that last 50 pages I'm like I can finish that later and then I never do I'm like really bad about like finishing projects when I feel like I've accomplished the meat of it so I need to be able to like jump between stuff as I'm working so as long as I have like enough on my plate that I feel like I can move between projects but not so much that I feel like crushed under deadlines then like I'm able to be my most efficient the times where I'm only working on one thing um, or just like a couple of things it are the times that I find that I'm the most stuck just because if I need to take a break I can't take a productive break I have to take like a I'm gonna go and sit in the kabuki spa for an hour which is like wonderful but not productive um, and yeah so that's like the the big thing about that and that's really where like the procrastinate working stuff ended up happening is like I need to have other work that I could work on when I'm supposed to be working on other things and just like be constantly cycling around projects so that if I'm doing sketches for one thing and I'm tired of sketching, I can work on the vector for another thing. And if I'm tired of the vector on this, I could work on the brainstorming for that. So I try to make it so that like all of my projects are in slightly different stages as I'm working too, so that like I'm not spending eight days in like ideation on ten different projects because my brain would melt into my body, you know. Um, but yeah. It's always rough, yeah. Yeah, right here. Mostly I use Google calendars. So I have separate calendars set up. It's because I'm a one-person um, office. If I was working with a lot of people, I'd probably need a more intense um, like management system. Um, but yeah, I use Google calendars. I have a ton of them. So I have one for travel, one for sketches, one for finals, one for phone calls, one for in-person meetings. And being able to see everything at a month's glance helps me really visualize things. And so, and having them all be like different and different colors so I can see like, there's too many red spots this week. I need to not take on a new thing. Um, and then for like smaller task management, it's either like literal, like physical me writing stuff down at the beginning of the day, um, or I'll use like reminders, um, even though iCloud has its problems. Um, I think one big one last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> or just many ever. <laughs> like, um, but. I try, one of the things I really try to do is when I have email, I don't let emails stay in my inbox as task items. So like if there's an email that's like, oh, can you send this file? I don't leave it in there as a reminder to send the file because then your inbox turns into like a thing full of like unmanageable tasks. And then no one labels their, like no one sends an email that's like, send me this file as the subject matter. It's always like, re Jessica, re, re, re. And I'm, I have to like, <laughs> like step into stuff to actually find out what it is or like jog my memory. So if there's a task item in an email, I add that to a task list and archive it rather than actually like using my email as a way to, to deal with tasks. Cool. Maybe have <coughs> one or two more questions right here. Well, for me, um, if I'm doing art for myself, I feel like it could just be anything. You know, like there, I could just keep working on it forever until it's overworked and things like that. Whereas if I work for a client, there's always a deadline. There's always like a set of expectations. And if they're happy, I feel like I've done something right. Whereas like when you're only trying to please yourself 
and a project takes a long amount of time, but sometimes by the time you get done with the project, you're like, wow, my skills are so much better than they were when I started the project. I need to redo this thing from the beginning. And then it turns into this endless cycle of like you constantly revising the same project over and over again. That's how people like take 15 years to write a novel because they start writing the novel and then they take so much time that they're a different person by the end of it. And they reread it and they're, they're like, this, this doesn't represent me anymore. This represents me 15 years ago and am I okay with that? You know, so I feel like because clients sort of give me these parameters and I have like a definitive audience and they say like, you know, sometimes they make me do things that I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. But they're like, no, no, this is exactly what we want. And then I do it and they're like, we're the happiest ever. And I'm like, <laughs> I guess that was right because you're the happiest ever. And that's really the goal here, right? For me to make work that I'm not embarrassed about, but for you to be super happy. <laughs> That's a pretty concise description of design. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we have one last question over here, right there in the back. Yeah. No, that's good. Usually, um, things that I, I am a sprinter rather than an endurance person when it comes to work. So even though a lot of people would be really happy to work with the same client over a long period of time, that's like not how I work. Like, as I was saying with like the finishing the novel thing, <coughs> Um, so I really love doing logo work, but I don't like doing brand work where you have to like actually do visual, like, you know, like brand vision stuff and execute it over the course of like a giant amount of things. Like I'm not a brand extension person. So when people come to me for brand new logos, when they're like, we have a new company, we want you to make the logo that's going to set the tone for the whole company. I'm like, nope, you need to hire a branding agency and then they can hire me to then help with the logo once you've figured out like the voice and all this kind of stuff because I'm one person and I'm not capable of doing that. Plus, I'm like it's just not my mo of how I operate. Um, and then I I try to do a mix of like things that are like fun and fast and exciting and maybe don't pay that well. Um, just because usually when things don't pay super well, the you know the art directors are like a little looser about stuff <laughs> and you don't have to be as like huggy with them the entire time over the course of the project. Um, and do, like balancing that with projects that you know actually pay the bills that you know, I have to devote a lot more of my time to just because it is a lot more, you have to like dress up a lot more for the party, you know, rather than when I work for editorial clients or even work for book covers and things like that. Um, <laughs> <in tone>. uh, <laughs> they got DJ over there, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, th I mean, I think I would go totally nuts if I was like only working on like advertising projects or only working on editorial or only working on logos. So. It's trying to get a balance of all of them. Like I, I try to not work on more than like one, maybe two logo projects at a time, just because, like, I really want to be able to be there for the client for that one. And if I'm spread too thin, I can't do that. And that's when shit starts going really wrong if I can't be there to communicate with people. Um, and I try not to work on like more than you know one or two book covers at a time because I have to read the whole books and I'm not a very fast reader. And, you know, or more than one or two advertising projects at a time because the timelines for those tend to be crazy tight and you sort of never know. Like, they'll write you one day and be like, hey, you know, we need this done in two hours because it's going up on this thing in London and we know you're in San Francisco and those timelines don't jazz. You know, so it's kind of finding a balance with all the things. But I, I never turn stuff down specifically because of, like, like if, uh, if I'm turning down a project because the budget is too small, it's because I know the budget should be a lot bigger. Not because like that project uh, is, isn't worth doing, you know. If Coca-Cola comes to me and tries to pay me 500 bucks for something, I'm just like, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
I love Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that's another 500 you made. All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's all the time we have for questions. Uh, I think Jessica's probably going to hang out for a bit if yeah. you want to say hi or whatever. Uh, if anyone has questions about Zurb, like why this building exists at all, uh, find, find a Zerbian in kind of these blue uh, Yeti shirts or anything that says Zurb on it and come chat with us. Uh, thank you guys all so much for coming out to Soapbox. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.